Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, is the best retired waiter in Longhorn Steakhouse history, yes! Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? Woo! Yes. Man, what a you know what an honor to be on the top of that list. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, and I and I'm not gonna pull a Jordan when I retire and come back. <laughs> Just gonna be straight retired. I I <laughs> would, I would, I would hope. I don't think there's any for the love of the game clause in your uh, Longhorn Steakhouse history nope. that you're like. Damn it, I just gotta, I gotta or give somebody a steak. And ask them how they want it done. Like, I need I to be told that I need three extra ranches. Yeah. No. I don't think anybody needs that in their life, you know? It's not. They can have someone else bring it to them. Yeah. Yeah. You met your... I'll be the, I'll be the guy sitting at the other side. That's right. <laughs> You'll be on the other side. That's true. You can, you can order some things, but with kindness, because now... Yes, and You compassion. obviously know. Yes. You met your girlfriend, though, at Longhorn, right? I did indeed. I was her server. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're still doing that now. ba doo doo Ha-ha! Zingers. Zingers. It's what I do. Word. Um, Dave, I had a moment this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a moment of reflection, and it took me back. Okay. It, it took me back to a good time, but it also... Uh, gave me a realization of the power that I have now. Mm, um, wow! Yeah, yeah. It was it was very uh, encapsulating. Nope, is the word. Uh, so I was making a video, uh, a clip for the show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I needed an image of a crayon. And okay. as I was looking for an image of a crayon. I, all these started popping up online. I was trying to figure out which crayon would be the funniest. So you know? true. What, what crayon right. is going to be good for this? And all of a sudden, I got a flashback to when you purchased your crayons for school, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you had your whole list. They gave you that whole list, like... You mm-hmm. need four... 24-pack or whatever, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you need at least this many crayons. You need four folders. You need this much paper. And this many three-ring binders, a glue stick. Word. And crayons, right? Now, mm-hmm. whenever I would get those, shout out to my mom. She'd never really skimp on supplies. Shout out. You know, she'd get everything. Good for her. Yeah, she'd get everything to the, the pretty much the highest level. You know, I but but like I knew she wouldn't go all out. You know, I knew right. I knew like if I brought her like the crazy combo box of like drawing and color supplies, I'm like, huh? No, she'd be like, no. no. How about we go with this pack of Crayola, which was good. You know, it be out of the four pack, but just wasn't the hottest thing out on the streets. You know, that's a fact. Right, right. <sighs> And the reason that I was always so 
that I that, that I always wanted the highest and the hottest on the street in the coloring game was there was this girl in my class that I knew when it came time for art class, this girl, Whitney, she'd pull out like the full Bob Ross starter set. Girl, come on! You know, <laughs> just this whole yep. deal. And like not only the case of, yeah. of crayons. Yeah, and it was even a, like a fancy briefcase, you know? It wasn't just some like mm -hmm. plastic piece of crap. It was like some fancy leather thing with her like name stitched in the she top. She was about to draw the next masterpiece with crayons. Yeah, yeah, well, and she was awesome, too. It didn't help that she was awesome at drawing as well, and you're just like, oh, man. Blam. So, like, you know, I can think back at, like, times I'm, like, over there trying to, like, draw a circle on my piece of paper, and I've got, like, a bottom of a Coke can trying to do it. I look over at her, and she's got, like, you know, architect-grade compass over there just going to town, Wait, like, what? hey, you need help with that? And I'm just like, Shit. she's so good. Whitney! Yeah, you know, so, you know. For me, it didn't matter what color crayons I had because I just sucked at drawing. Oh. so bad, mm. so bad. I wasn't, I wasn't horrible, but like I wasn't Whitney level. You know, I had like, no I, I was none. I, I was, <laughs> in fact, I mean, fun side effect. Fun, what? Fun side topic. Jeez. I uh, in third grade or no, was that mm -hmm. fifth? Is I think it was fifth grade. Me and my friend Isaac started a tattoo uh, business with uh, markers on other people. Sweet. Oh, nice. And you want to know something very interesting about that? Hmm. He became a tattoo like, artist. Yeah. No. Sh yeah. That's that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know if Isaac remembers that, but we definitely did it. Um. But anyways, side of. Side the point. Wait, what? I needed the best supplies, and when I'd go to my mom, she didn't have any time for nonsense like that. You know, I'd I'd try no, to sort of none. finagle my way into it, and be like, Whitney's bringing grade A stuff to art. That's all I'm saying. Maybe if I had some of that, I could be pretty good. I could be better. And you know, my mom's like, sounds like to me, you need to stop sucking so bad. How about that? That's a fact. Just you think Da Vinci? <laughs> Had a crazy combo box of drawing and color supplies? Nope. That's right. Up your game. The crayons don't make the man. Ben. Exactly. Exactly. And yes. she was right. So what does so what does this all circle back to? The, this crayons. Well, that your that your newfound power that you have. Well, so 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 then like you know, I can't buy these crayons, right? It's all up to my mom because once. She vetoes the crazy combo box of drawing and coloring supplies. Pretty much done, mm -hmm. you know? Because I'm yeah. 10. I don't have any you have money. No, you have no say. Yeah. I've, I've got like three quarters and a Canadian dollar my aunt gave me. And that's yeah. it. Like, you know, I'm like, mm, I'm not going to do anything. But when I was looking at these crayon picks, I started looking at the prices of crayon packs. And I was like, oh, boy. oh my God. I'm the champion of crayons now. That's right. I could get all of these. Dave, let me tell you. I came across... I don't even know what crayons cost. Well, I came across the Crayola Ultimate Crayon Caddy with lid and mm. sharpener. Mm. And and let me tell you, this Dave, this is a hundred... How many crayons? 120 uh, something? 152. Jeez. Jeez. The, the full crayon uh, Crayola Collection. color palette 
literally every f color they've got. You got everyone. <laughs> everyone. Like, and not just regular colors, metallic and glitter colors, too. Wow. If Oh, that's excessive. Yeah. Yeah, if I wanted to draw a fairy, her freaking wings could be glittery pink, Dave. That's right. They could. Yes. They could. Amen. That's the kind of color ten -year -old, control. Ten-year-old you is so freaking jealous. Exactly. He he just wants to draw a fairy on someone's arm so Ex bad. Exactly. Right. Well, not with crayons, so let's be honest. That'd be tough. That'd be tough. But, like... I mean, and you brought it up, the sharpener. That's not one of those dinky sharpeners on the side of the box. Nope. This is a fully removable, fully separate sharpener. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's high quality. And all of this, Dave, all of this, $24. Say what? $24. Wow, I, was I was expecting more, not going to lie. So true. The 10-year-old me inside of me, like you said, Dave, was like, dude, you could have four versions of burnt sienna right now. Oh, come on. You're stupid if you don't buy it. Buy it's it, man. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was this close to buying that thing and hunting Whitney down and having an art off right now. Yes. Just art off. Let's go. Yes. Four, 40 years later. Exactly. Let's get it, Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> Don't add years to me. Come yeah. on. Dave's like, 67 years later. Oh, God, I'm old. Oh, 10 man. million years later. <laughs> I mean, but like, if I was getting ready to go back to the third grade, you better believe I'm showing up with 304 crayons. Yes. Do the math, math listeners. That's two boxes. Jeez. I'd show up oh, with two yeah. of those. Two sharpeners. I've got I've got a just-in-case box. Wow. Just-in-case. But wow. Dave, my point is... Uh, you know, as adults, we can appreciate some things we couldn't as kids, you know? And like that we, the truth. And we can, like, buy these things that we can't, that, like, seemed unobtainable, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, but now I just want to make my point, I want to be Crayon King. I just So true. That's all I want my point to be now. Yeah. Like, I was going to make a point about how... Like, it's cool to buy things that you couldn't, but now I just sort of, I think a better point would be a waxy, multicolored, able to stay within the lines point of a crayon. You, Am I right? We just turn, we just turn the, you know, the, the studio into a crayon kingdom. Art studio. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An art studio of just crayons. Dave, are you ready to fire up this coloring book of a show? Let's fire it up and make it waxy. Up and burning. Two, one, zero, and lift off. Mmm. Mmm. Wax. Double entendre there. Also records. Vinyl. Oh. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, we do that on this show. We we spin the it. vinyl. We do that. Double entendre. Mm-hmm. Wax. And wowza. Do we have a show? Say what? Do we have a show, Dave? We have a fantastic group, Dead Posey. Composed of Danielle okay. and Tony F. They just came out with their newest EP, Malfunction. Malfunction. Dope. Yeah, oh, it's good. A lot of solid jams on there. We're going to hear a couple of them. We're going to hear one of my faves. That's Holy Roller. We're going to hear that. Good okay. stuff. Okay. But first, we're going to start off where we start. Yes, a sir. birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Okay. Okay, Dave, uh, I think uh, from the last couple...
that we've had. Mm-hmm. I know the last two weeks for you, it's been a little bit difficult because we it had a couple. Of, yeah, couple of hard ones uh, this week. I'm just checking the last. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You've got mm, hmm. the first two. You've definitely got. The last one might be a little bit of a trip up. I know you That's know all who I need he is. is. As long as I'm two out of three. Okay. Okay. Well, this one you got. Born on August 19... Oh, 98%. 98%. Uh, born on August 19, 1969 in Centerville, Ohio. Our birthday suit wearer loved sports growing up. And in high school, he played baseball, basketball, and football. Jeez. He was the quarterback for the football team. And as a senior, he won the Gatorade Player of the Year for Ohio. He decided to go to Ohio State, where he is a backup Mm -hmm. quarterback for the first three years. But his senior year, he was starter and voted captain as well as team MVP. Hmm. What year did you say he was born? 1969. 1969. Okay. So he's 51. He didn't get get to the NFL. In 96, he started working on a show called College Game Day with Chris Mm. Fowler and Lee Corso. Mm -hmm. He is also the game analyst for ABC Saturday Football Broadcast. Name that Mm. birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Dude, I got no idea. What? So... On he, College Game Day. He's who on you got College on, Game Day. Oh, who do you Kirk got? Herbstreet. There we go. There it is. Kirk Herbstreet. Yes. Oh, the, what is his new role? Uh, well, no. ABC Saturday football broadcast. You know, working oh, the, the actual game oh, okay. on Saturday oh, nights. Yeah, that's... That was like I was like, who does that? I missed it. Okay, Kirk Herb Street. And <laughs> now this year he's actually doing Monday Night Football on ESPN NFL. Say what? Yeah, yeah I'm not a huge Kirky fan. He's kind of annoying to me. <laughs> what? I don't know. Chris Fowler is more annoying to me than Kirk Herb Street. Ah, see, I don't mind. I I like. You know, they always have to have an announcer and a, a guy who's not really in the sport to kind of mediate. I like he's Fowler just, in tennis. Yes! He's better okay. at tennis than he is in, okay. in football that, to me. That, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, Probably relates to tennis better. <laughs> yeah, well, he, I, he seems to. To me, he does at least. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, it's not Chris Fowler's birthday. Nope. It doesn't matter. That's true. It's Kirk Herbstreet's <laughs> birthday. Woo-hoo. He's turning 51. Happy birthday, Kirk. Happy birthday, Kirky. I didn't know he turned 50, though, last year. Man, he looks good for 50. So true. Yeah, I would take that. Yeah, he looks solid for 51. Happy birthday, Kirk. All right. Dave, are you ready? Rip some headlines. Some headlines. Let's do it. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay. Uh, Dave, were you a Lego fan? When you were a oh, kid. Oh, yeah, dude. I had the Lego video game. Um, we made Legos. Nice. I mean... I didn't even know bi- there was I got, a Lego I got game. In, I got into Bionicle, because, you know, Bionicle yeah. was an offset of, of Legos. Yeah. So I, I was pretty into it, you you could say. Nice. I mean, me and my brother, we, you know, of course, me and my brother were way older. So we, true. We've already established this. Yeah, you, you, uh, you were Bionicles. You would have been too old for those. Exactly, exactly. Yep. But, uh, man, me and my brother, did we get down on some castle and pirate collections? Woo! Oh, totally. 
You don't definitely even... had those two. Man, we built some epic castles. We built some epic ones. You know, we had like seven different sets, and then we'd put mm-hmm. them together in crazy. Co- oh, wild. Anyways, anyways, uh, you know, one of the downers of those Legos is that there's some tiny pieces to them. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you can you can step on them. You can oh, you can lose them. Crap. You know, it's uh, they're a problem. Well, Samir Anwar, uh, a seven year old from New Zealand, he had a problem mm-hmm. of losing a piece. Mm. So, oh, so no. about two years ago, Samir was playing Legos. He's about five, and you know, I'm no mm-hmm. kid expert. But I'm just saying, he might have been a plan with a Lego set that was outside of his age range. That's a fact. Uh, oh, just, burn. I'm just saying, just saying, he was five, you know? Some of those some of those ones, like the castles, a little higher age range, I'm just saying. Anyways, so he's playing with it, and uh, he takes one of the Lego persons, and the hand to the Lego person, he decides that the ba- best place for that hand is to go mm-hmm. into his nose. Word. No. So, Why do they do this? Why? So he took the hand off the Lego man and put it in his nose. Well, mm-hmm. uh, everything was going well, you know, until mm-hmm. he couldn't get it out of his nose. Uh, he, and he was he like, basically oh. did a COVID test with the Lego arm. That's pretty fact. much, yeah. <laughs> swiped it around and then just, instead of pulling it back out, was like, uh-oh. Uh, uh. So he went and told his parents, and his parents uh, took him to the doctor, right? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. the doctor didn't see it in his nose. He looked all around, looked in the throat, looked around, you know, did some tests, was like, I I got nothing. And uh, the doctor was like, yeah, you know what? Probably went down your throat. It'll run through the digestive system. No big deal, right? Right. Well, last week, Samir's parents had made some cupcakes, and Samir went and took a big whiff, right? And as he took mm-hmm. a big whiff, he was like, "Ow, oh, my nose hurts!" Right? And oh, I, I don't, I don't know. I guess his mom thought it was just like a really painful booger or something. Ew. She's like, yeah. "Blow it out, do it!" Right? Two mm-hmm. years later, boom! The Lego two years later, out. Yes, two <laughs> years. Two years. And the hand comes out. It's just the hand. And it's the hand. I mean, it's wrapped in some gross stuff when it came out. But it came out, and it was the hand. Is there a picture of that? Yes, there is. Oh, man. I'm going to be looking at that on the break. And then, apparently, well, that's the thing, is later in the story, apparently the family saved the piece in tissue unsure like what to do with it and i was like uh you can throw it away so true like it's not actually samir's hand it doesn't need to be reattached and it's pretty gross That's a fact. so like they're just like we didn't know what to do with it we still have it what it's gross oh, can you, you just throw, frame it Ew. throw it away man uh dave you are well aware that on this show from time to time we pass on helpful information about gun safety. That's a fact. Yes, we do. Sadly, but not surprisingly, we've got some more information to pass on. Girl, come on! Oh, boy. Yeah. It was pretty bad, too. 
Uh, Another reason why not to shoot somebody. In Saxton, Pennsylvania. (laughs) For some reason, Pennsylvania seems to be getting a lot of these recently. I think the last two that we've had have been in Pennsylvania. Uh, The state troopers. Yeah. State troopers, not a good one, were called for a gunshot victim. And when the troopers arrived, there was a man who had been shot Mm -hmm. in the neck. Jeez. Mm. Really bad place to be shot. Uh, the not victim ideal. was flown. I mean, well, there's not, you know, you think about the neck, not really anywhere that's not vital. Not know? a lot of space there for yeah, you. Yeah. Pretty much everything there needs to be there. That's a fact. You know? Yep. It's not. Anyways, the victim was flown to the hospital. Uh, he's being treated for the wound. Looks like he's going to survive. Okay? So that that's good. good. That's the good part of the story. The state police then talked to the friend that was at the house. And he said that he and the victim would often play around by pointing unloaded guns at each other. Wait, what? Oh, fun. He then explained that this had all happened because he grabbed the victim's 9mm handgun out of the man's holster, squeezed the trigger... Not knowing the gun was loaded, and mm. shot his friend in the neck. Jeez, what so, a freaking idiot! So, Dave, I'm gonna go out on just a crazy limb here, but folks, listeners of the show, never point a gun at another person. Mm. Thank just, you. Just you know, regardless of whether the safety's on, regardless if you know it's loaded or not, doesn't matter. It just, when you don't point it at another person, really cuts down on the possibilities, right? You don't really yeah. have to worry about almost, any of those almost things. Almost makes it zero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. And Dave, I know there are some people out there that are right now that are like, Ben, how are me and my friends supposed to be having fun because the only thing that we do is point unloaded guns at each other? Well, Girl, come on. I've got an answer for you guys. Go online and buy the Nerf and Strike Elite Rhino Fire Blaster. Boom. All, all the shooting fun of your friend, none of the potential mutilation and potentially life-ending side effects. That's a fact. So much better. It'll make, you, it'll make you feel better. Now, I am sorry to say, though, that I looked. The Nerf, uh, the Nerf and Strike Elite Rhino Fire Blaster, it's an Not Amazon. Not than the crayons. Well, it's, it's an Amazon exclusive. Oh! So, oh. so you're gonna make Jeff Get Bezos a little richer. It's gonna Jeff Bezos is gonna be richer, but you gotta, you gotta weigh Jeff uh, Bezos being richer versus going to jail your because you shot died. one of your friends. You know that's it's, uh, throw pretty, Jeff some cash. Pretty easy. Come back to the Doc G show. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, okay. Dave, uh, did you... Man, we got a lot of... I noticed we got a lot of kids stories. Word. Uh, relative hmm. to kids. My opening was about kids. The first story is about kids. This story is about kids. Weird. Anyways, Dave, Good did you theme. ever have a lemonade stand as a kid? Hmm. No, man. I never did that. Um, well, you were actually we... in a populated area enough to like do it. So true. That... Yeah, I was going to say, my, my neighborhood was pretty busy. We could have... We could have done it. Um... Some kid down the road from me actually did it the other day. That mm. was pretty cute. Mm. I didn't have any money to give him, so mm. yeah. I didn't stop. So he's probably... I, like, waved and everything, and they were like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, see ya! 
I like looked and I was like, I would have done it as a kid, but like, I literally, Max would have had like two people walk by all day. So, yeah, it wouldn't have really worked that well. Well, anyways, two kids, Jude and Tristan from a town. That is a Doc G Show regular. Peoria, Illinois. Shout, Shout out. There we go. Yes. They had a lemonade stand. Yeah. Yeah, they started a lemonade stand. Going pretty well. These guys are a little bit of entrepreneurs because these guys, I think, are a little bit older. They're not like, you know, high schoolers doing it. I think they're like, you know, late elementary school, maybe early middle school, somewhere around there, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Trying to make a little bit of a little cash on some hot days. Uh, that's when two armed men robbed them at gunpoint. Wait, what? Oh, shoot. A lemonade stand. <laughs> luckily... That's pretty, that's pretty desperate. Yeah. Yeah, well, luckily the kids are fine. Uh, the, the robbers ended up with $30. Sweet. Like... And I mean, well, I know this is. Why I know this rob is, someone for thirty? Like, come but that's, on. That's what I, I mean. I, aside from the point uh, of you know it not being good and everything, uh, like really, that was your best idea. Like, bro, I've got the perfect plan. We rob this lemonade stand for thirty yeah, dollars. There's, there's like a pro to con ratio, you know. <laughs> like, some people are, will risk putting their life away in jail forever for. A few million dollars. Yeah. You know, I can't say the same for 30. Well, like, I mean, you know, we rob this lemonade stand. Then we find another one every three hours to rob, and we'll end up making what we would as a bagger at Publix. It'll be perfect. Like, come on. Come on, man. So anyways, after they were robbed, the boys were pretty scared, obviously. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But luckily, the cops came, and they were all positive, right? The cops came. They made them feel safe. They all chipped in, bought some lemonade, donated money, you know? And and even when they reopened the stand after this, after they got their, you know, sort of mojo back, and they're like, all right. Let's do it again. The the parade uh, the uh, the cops basically like made like a parade by their their lemonade stand. Like, hey, we're coming around, and they they came around and they did it again. They bought lemonade and everything, right? And uh, look at that. Then of course, Dave, like many of our stories on the show, uh, incident of this word what? or <laughs> word of this incident, uh, word of this incident spread, and people from everywhere started donating money to these guys. And oh now <laughs> they have thousands of dollars donated to these these two uh, boys. And oh uh, my God. <laughs> Jude's what? father said there was so much love poured out on them so fast, Word. which really was a creepy way of saying it. Like, it just sounds weird. Anyways. So much love. <laughs> anyways. He said, after the incident, and so much of it for so many days in a row, that their main experience from this incident has been love and support, which... That's right. I agree. But, Dave, I feel like, again, it's another one of those stories. The people went a little overboard, you know? Like, I get... I'm not freaking driving out. Like, 
I imagine these people be like, oh, honey, did you see this on the news? They're only an hour away. We should go do it. I'm like, yeah. who the freak is going to do that? Well, like, like I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, listeners. We're not anti-13-year-old kids, nope. right, with lemonade stands. I'm Definitely just saying More power it's, to them. it's a little bit much. Like, I looked this up. According to the FBI, there were 320,000 robberies Jeez. in 2017. So true. 320,000. Okay. Now, out of those 320,000, I would go guess there were people and restaurant owners that had thousands of the uh, dollars stolen. Thousands. Right. And I'm going to guess none of these people got that response. Nope. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I mean... Love and support, sure, that's cool. I'm all for that. But I mean, like, and it may be even up to like a thousand dollars. I can handle that. But like thousands, plural, they lost 30. Like, $30. I mean, how many awesome crayon sets do these dudes need? Am I right, Dave? Come on. Exactly. Exactly. They're only taking one art class. Yeah, exactly. Also, the 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 one other thing that I got to point out that I just this this is just sort of too dumb in my opinion to pass up. I got I I read most of this story from CNN, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the article, at the start of the article, they say Jude and Tristan were selling in Peoria, uh, Illinois, on August seventh. Then the very next sentence. Uh, they they say CNN is identifying the boys by their first names only to protect their privacy, which, you know, that seems reasonable. They've had thousands of people come by now. Well, but th- that seems reasonable, though, right? I mean, you know, they don't want any extra added, you know, privacy hits. I get it. But then, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally... One paragraph down, they have a quote that says, Nathan Peterson, Jude's father, said... Wait, what? Mm. Guys, guys, if you're protecting their privacy, maybe don't give their parents full name. Probably probably not the best thing Come for their on, privacy. CNN. Do better work. It's not too hard for somebody to Google that name and then their kid's name and go, oh, that's who it is. Okay. So true. Even if it's a different last name, which I'm guessing it's not. But if it is, that's how you do it. Not to give people pointers, but still, it's not that hard. The Google machine is fairly to the next crime. <laughs> fairly easy. Anyways, okay. Next story. I will give you the choice before we go to break, Dave. Here are your choices: okay. Cincinnati Zoo, Belarus, mm-hmm. best drug excuse, or cycling. Hmm. The zoo. The zoo. Okay. This is a fairly short one. We might be able to get through two on this one. Uh, Dave, how many zoos do you think you've gone to? Hmm. Um, Jacksonville, San Diego. Uh, does Atlanta have a zoo? Yeah. Atlanta. Three. Okay. Well, I don't, I mean, yeah, they got a zoo. They got a zoo. It's not It's not as big as their aquarium. The aquarium's the bigger thing in Atlanta because they just finished, like, the big aquarium uh, in Centennial yeah. Park beside uh, the the uh, World of Oh, Coke. and I've been to the Central Park Zoo. Oh, okay. There you go. There you go. Four. Yeah, I think I've been to, like, I don't know. I was thinking, like, six or something. I haven't really thought mm-hmm. it out, but it's somewhere around there. Something like yeah. that. 
Anyways, have you ever been to a zoo where you can legally walk through the actual animal's habitat? Hmm. Um, you know, the Jacksonville Zoo mm-hmm. has like... Oh, they have the birds. Can, they have the birds. They have... Um, Shout you know, out you to Alyssa. Hand, Shout out. You can, you can put your hand in the stingray. Um, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Thing. Um, Stingray but, tanks. Yeah. You're right. Um, I don't think a full you know, on no, walkthrough, though. They, they, that's no, what, it's not like you can like go in with and hang out with like little mini mammal, like any small mammal species. Well, that's what they've got at the Cincinnati Zoo. Word. They've, they're, they're bringing it. It's going to be known as the Rue Valley. And the, oh, that'd be sweet. The Rue Valley is a 15,000 square foot kangaroo walkabout where guests will roam among the roos as they hop about and graze. Hmm. The zoo says that the kangaroos are accustomed people and are quite friendly. Um, I would like to say, Dave, in other news, someone is going to get kicked in the head by a kangaroo at the Cincinnati Zoo in about two weeks. Yes! <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> But I can't. That'll be that'll pop up on the Doc G show in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, definitely. Like I was just like, I mean, I get they're fr- but come on, how many how many videos have you seen of kangaroos kicking people? Mm. Like, oh yeah, or or when you see like the really buff one like square yeah. up at someone, yeah, and you're like oh shit. Kangaroo means business. Yeah, they get. I mean, they get a little antsy. They're marsupials. They got a big old tail. They got a big old kicker feet. I want to use them every now and then. Like, come on. Come on, guys. Anyways, we're going to say it real quick. We're going to get this last story about cycling. It's a short one, too. Uh, Okay. Dave, you're a fan of cycling, right? Yeah, definitely. Hop on the bike, get a couple of miles in. Well, I've been known to do that. You can aspire to doing what Bicycle Bob has done. Word. Bicycle Bob. Now, Did he go, like, all the way around the country or something? Well, uh, Bob Metower, uh, he's uh, been a fan of cycling since the 90s. Hmm. He took up uh. cycling in 92 after he retired. And oh, uh, okay. every day, Bicycle Bob hits the pavement and gets nine miles on a cycle. Every day. Rain or I shine. I picked that number. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, maybe like it's maybe it's a set path, you know, circle something like yeah. that. But uh, yeah. nine miles he decided on, and he's been doing mm-hmm. it every day. Well, this past Tuesday, at the age of ninety-five, Bicycle wow. Bob hit one hundred thousand miles. That yeah. is impressive. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean, it was it was one of those moments. You got, you got a little choked up uh, because mm-hmm. uh, his whole neighborhood came out and celebrated the accomplishment. That's right. They all wow. they got out there and cheered him on. I mean, they all had masks on. They were all out there, but they were supporting him. They were give they were giving Bob the love. So true. You know, and this this was a baller move. This was a baller move. When asked what it means for him to still be able to get out there. And uh, do the things he does at 95. Bob said, I can do the things I do because I do the things I do. Say what? Oh. Wow. Deep. Oh. Deep. 
deep. Yes! Man, I feel like Jay-Z ghost roast that statement. So true. My God. Like, come on. Talk about the double straight, entendres. Straight flames. He's straight get, flames. Yeah. Yeah. Man, smooth Bob the bicycler. Man. <laughs> well, Bob, we salute you. Here's to another 100,000. Go get it, Bob. Go Just get another 30.4 years to get that, <laughs> according to my calculator. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe this time he'll... Uh, Up it. He'll increase it. Yeah, he'll increase it to like 18, you know? He'll get it like a Peloton. That way he can... <laughs> Uh, the well, elements the <laughs> eliminate thing, that variable. The only thing that he slow uh, that that slowed him down, he had a uh, he had a shoulder injury. That was the big thing that that took mm. him out of the game for a little bit. But we are okay. going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest this week, Dad Posey. This is their hit single right here, "Parasite," right here on Doctor G Show.
And we are back on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Hmm. Dave. Guys, do us a favor. Mm-hmm. Stop what you're doing. Well, if you're driving, you know, keep driving. Wait till That's you get good. to a stoplight. Yeah, safe. But safe. download a podcast downloading mm-hmm. app, mm-hmm. whatever one you want to use, mm-hmm. and look for the Doc G Show. Yes. Download it. Give us five stars. Give us a good review. If you don't give us a good review, don't do it in general. Yes. Just stay away. No need to be mean. You know? Exactly. Then check out the Instagram at Mm -hmm. Doc G Show Mm -hmm. and the website www.thedocgshow.com. Yes. And check out all the good stuff. We got an updated Mm -hmm. list of guests for you guys. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. plus much more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 That's all true. Very true. And we need to thank the listeners that we do have. The listeners. Now, Dave, uh, I want to give you the opportunity here. What do you want to start with? Do you want to start with semi-regulars, regulars, or newcomers? What are you feeling right now? Let's start with the newcomers. Okay. And then we'll go back. Okay. Backwards. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay. So we've got an international domestic. What do you want to hear first? We'll do. We'll switch it up. We'll go domestic first. Okay. All right. Normally, I like the international. But yeah. We'll start domestic. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. El Paso, Texas. Shout, Shout out. out. Okay. Yeah. El Paso. Dave, do you know what that means in Spanish? Hmm. Um. The pass. Yes. Correct. Is it? Correct. Let's go. Yes. I'm so fluent. Yes. I mean, makes sense, right? Pass into America. The pass. There you go. There you go. It's right on the border, Dave. Uh, and it's the it's the sixth largest uh, city in Texas. Twenty second in the U.S. Jeez. Pretty big. Okay. Yeah, I pretty didn't know big. That. Yeah, it's uh, one of the very few cities too that we have in the U.S. that sort of just continues into another country. So true. Like mm-hmm. it just continues on into Mexico. Now, once it goes into Mexico, it's Juarez, Juarez, Mexico. Mm-hmm. But it's like I mean, they're just all one metropolis down there, one big happy community. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, and here's something else I didn't know. Uh, El Paso is at an elevation of 4,000 feet. Word. I didn't know it was that high. Wow. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. It's the crazy. Heck? Yeah. And like El Paso, for the listeners that aren't good at geography, like our uh, other co-host Jake, who's not solid at geography, That's a El Paso is like literally as far as you can get West Texas. Literally mm-hmm. right there at the end of Texas. You're only four hours away well, from you Tucson. you got to think of where Mexico is, so, you know. Well, yeah, you're you're on the border of Mexico, but you're also in that little arm of Texas that reaches out to the yeah. west. So Totally. You're all the way, like I said, four hours away from Tucson. Jeez. Tucson, right? Wow. And uh, listeners may remember, we had our semi-regular listeners from Beaumont, Texas. Mm-hmm. How far do you think El Paso is from Seven Beaumont? Seven hours. 850 miles. Jeez. 850 miles. You could drive from Jacksonville to Key Largo and back, and it still would be less of a distance. That's so big. Goodness gracious. Yeah, Texas is huge. That's a fact. And now we've got listeners on both East and West Texas borders. Boom. Yes. Yes. Shout out to El Coast Paso. To 
Make it Texas. regular, guys. Make it regular. Okay. Okay, our international, Dave, is Denpasar, Indonesia. Yes. Ooh, it's Indonesia. The, yeah, capital of Bali, Dave. Capital oh, of okay. Bali. Yeah. Now, most people obviously think Bali, they think beaches, which is understandable. Yes. They do have some bomb beaches. That's true. But I got to say, Dave, endless possibilities in Bali. There's all, there's all like kinds what? of dope things. Well, hmm. for one, sacred monkey forest. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, that's a must visit. Yeah. And they've got all kinds of wild waterfalls there. Like, just these cool, and like, I don't know, maybe it's because they're Bali and they're just wild. It doesn't seem like there's, right, there's, right. there's many restrictions. They're just like, do your thing on that, that waterfall. Go for it. Like, oh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And you know who's a big fan of Bali, Dave? Hmm. Our graphic, our graphic artist for the show. Yeah, oh. Dan. He's a huge fan. He's been? Yes, that's right. He and his fiance went there. I think it may have been where he proposed to his fiance. I think that sounds like a smart move. Might have been, but I got to be honest. I, I know everything looks better on Instagram, but he sold it to me, yeah. man. I wanted to pack up and move to Bali after his trip. Like, True. looking at those pictures, True. I was like, wow, that place is awesome. Man. And, and super cool picture of him with a monkey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's If you go to the sacred monkey forest, you yeah. need a super cool picture with a monkey. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Bali. Thank you, El Paso. Shout out to you both. Don't be strangers. Shout Don't be strangers. Out. Come back. Okay, some semi-regulars. First on the list on semi-regulars, Louisville, Kentucky. And they're getting pretty okay, regular, Dave. Okay. They're getting close. They're getting close. Good. I, I, don't Good. Kn- I don't know if one of the listeners out there is Bree former classmate of yours but she's oh. she's in Louisville now so if it is okay, shout Bree. out to you Bree shout out to you um shout out to you yes uh Austin Texas shout out to Austin they're getting pretty regular too i like it another texas crew exactly chicago illinois shy town shout out to you guys shout out uh, nice. miami florida 305 shout out to you guys okay uh indianapolis indiana shout out to you guys mm-hmm. shout out. winfield west virginia they're trying to get back into the regular group old fuss and feathers shout you go guys uh dubai shout out to dubai coming back on All the right, lesson dubai. yeah and hamburg germany Keep it coming, guys. Ah, uh, okay. We see you. Keep it coming. Yes. Yes. Okay. Time for the regulars. Here's the guys that really deserve the credit, everybody. Here's the folks that put it in every week with us. That put week up after week. with my crap every single week. Yes. Here we go. Jacksonville, Florida, of course. Shout out Ooh, to the Columbia, South Carolina. Shout out to the Gamecocks. Gainesville, Florida. Shout out to the Gators. Radford, Virginia. Shout out to the Highlanders. Dublin, Ireland. Shout out to all the Irish. Boardman, Oregon. Shout out to our second West Coast connection. Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out to the Queen City. Charleston, South Carolina. Shout out to the coast down there in the low country. Shout out to Barcelona, Spain, another one of our great international listeners. Shout out to Ashburn, Virginia, our first in the Commonwealth. First regular in the Commonwealth. 
Roanoke, mm-hmm. Virginia. Shout out to the Star City, Shy second right. in the Commonwealth. Kenner, Louisiana, shout out to New Orleans, Madison, Tennessee, shout out to Nashville, Mountain View, California, our first West Coast connection, shout out to you guys, London, United Kingdom, and all the areas around, Orlando, Florida, shout out to the bubble, some good games starting off in the playoffs. Good games. Yes, sir. Peoria, Illinois. Shout out to you rich guys selling lemonade now. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Genoa, Italy. Shout out to the longtime listeners in the booth. Shout out to Brighton, United Kingdom. Shout out to Bristol, Virginia. Shout out to Moscow, our newest international listeners. Thank you, Moscow. Shout out Fisherville, Virginia, and lastly, Columbus, Georgia. There we go, regulars. There it is. Woo! There it is. What a li- Did you even take a breath during that? Goodness no, gracious. dude. Well, I've, I've started with Jake. With Jake, I've tried to go faster. I've literally mm-hmm. just tried to snowball it through, and mm-hmm. uh, I've gotten a little lightheaded doing it with Jake. I've gotten a I little... Can tell. Little lightheaded, but uh, thank you to all the listens. We appreciate it. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see here. Let's. Uh, we got. Okay, I got two stories. Do I have? Yeah, I've got two. Okay, Dave, have you noticed anything going on with uh, Belarus? Hmm. Belarus. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> it's a place, I think. It's a country. Yes, it's a country in Europe. Uh, so, so for folks out there that are unaware, Belarus is a European country stuck right in between Russia and Poland. And okay. uh, for the past 26 years, they've had an authoritarian leader, uh, Alexander Lukashenko. And okay. uh, they've had elections for those 26 years, but mm-hmm. people don't really see them as fair elections, you know? Okay. Mm, yeah, yeah, a little, yeah. little shady going on. Some, something's uh, happened. They had another one of those elections on August 9th, right? And mm. uh, Lukashenko mm. won again. But this time, mm. people really were unhappy, right? Word. And they've yeah. been protesting since. There have been huge protests going on in Belarus, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they're demanding fair new elections, right? That's right. Hmm. Well, this past Monday, Lukashenko came out, and he uh, he addressed a, a large crowd, right? And he literally yeah. said this, quote, You talk about dishonest elections and want to hold new elections. My response to this, we held the elections. And until you kill me, there won't be any new elections. Wait, what? Wow. That was it. That was his quote, Dave. And, um, Until you kill me. I've never been in this Goodness. situation, luckily. But, like, if I were in that situation, I wouldn't want to challenge an angry mob You literally of just put a target on your back. Yeah. You literally just put yeah. a target on your back. And I wouldn't challenge them, mainly because they're an angry mob. So true. Right? Like, that's kind of like waving a stake in front of a tiger's face and then pulling it away. Like... Yep. Not, not the best thing. And it also, the other thing about that, doesn't say too much about your fair elections. You know? Like, right. doesn't make it seem like it's very fair. Like, I mean, like, take this for instance, right? Like, what if we were both in high school and uh, our friend Amy won homecoming queen, right? 
Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, nice for Sweet. Amy. And then in fourth period, they were like, ah, you know what? We're going to need to recount the votes, see if Amy actually won. And Amy comes over and is like, hey, we held the election. And until you kill me, we're not recounting these votes. Like, you'd definitely think there was something up with Amy if that happened. You'd be like, I think she cheated. I don't think she's actually homecoming queen. This is my thought. Oh. Like, I'm just saying, right? Just just a thought. Just think about it, Lukashenko. Um, good luck to everybody in uh, in Belarus. Try to stay safe. Try to stay safe right, while protesting. Um, okay, Dave. One, we'll end with my favorite here. Uh, and it's my favorite because this guy used the all-time classic drug excuse line. All-time oh. classic. So let's head it's down to... Fort Pierce, Florida. Let's head down to Fort Pierce. Sounds like a good spot for that. Yeah, so police were called out to a fight that had broken out between two men on uh, North 14th Street and Edgewood Terrace. When the police Mm -hmm. got there, they separated the two men. And as they were talking to one of the men, they noticed that he was fidgeting a lot, moving things around in his left pocket, right? Hmm. So they patted the man down. And they found four bags of drugs. Uh, MDMA and marijuana. Big old bags, right? Oh, jeez. And and the police then ask him, uh, what are you doing with all these drugs? And he said, actually, these pants aren't mine. Yes! These pants aren't mine. Yes! (laughs) I'm borrowing these pants. And then they ask him, uh, so where'd you get the pants? And he said, a passerby, hmm. and uh, I didn't really check the pockets. Oh, no. Okay, that the, seems like a valid excuse. The cops just let him go. Right? Yep, the cops are like, oh, they're not his, okay. I just, I first <laughs> of all, listen, I love this excuse, because if any of you out there have watched the show Cops or Live PD at any point in time, they have used this excuse. Countless people have used this excuse. And, and like, I get it. When you're in this situation, you're this dude, you're reaching for straws. You're doing anything trying not to go to jail. To save yourself. But this is the equivalent of telling your teacher that your dog ate your homework. Like, this is exactly like, come on. It's like, think about it right now. Dave, even if, like, you've been given a pair of pants by somebody... Mm-hmm. How long mm-hmm. does it take you before you feel what's in the pockets? Mm. Dude, it's like as soon as you put them on. Yeah, it's like the first thing you do. You put the pants on, and if you feel something in the pocket, you put it in there. And I'm guessing yep. if you got four giant bulges of drugs... You, you feel it. You might be a little curious. Word. Hmm. What did this passerby have in his pants? I better not check. I'll just keep wearing these. Like, come on. Come on. Favorite drug excuse. All time, Rookie though. Move. Favorite one, though. No doubt. Okay. Okay. Uh, second birthday suit here, Dave. Now, this one. Okay. I'm very sure on this one, too. 99%. There we go. 99%. Uh, born on August 19, 1946, in Hope, Arkansas. Mm. Mm-hmm. Our birthday suit wearer had a difficult childhood, but was a very good student. 
He was a great leader uh-huh. in school, reader, and musician. With the help okay. of scholarships, he ended up going to the university or Georgetown University, where he became a Rhodes mm-hmm. Scholar. But hmm. he didn't actually graduate from Oxford. He ended up going to uh, Yale Law School instead. And he graduated wow. in 1973. In 1979, uh-huh. he became the governor of Arkansas. He uh-huh. then ran for president in 1992 and won. Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is correct. Yes. Let's go. Slick Willie. Woo. Woo. Oh, ho, ho. Turning, turning the big 74. 74 wow. for big big Willie style. Right like there, man. Yes. Uh he, he had some he had so I was really concerned there for his health there back in the day. In uh 2004 he had quadruple bypass surgery. Oh dang, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then in 2010 he had two stints put in uh, and I was like, "Jesus. He how many other like he, he doesn't have many coronary arteries left." Um right. <laughs> but He's uh he's been on a vegan whole foods diet ever since. He's gotten way skinnier. Oh, poor guy. Like if you if As you I say he's starting to look old now. If you look though like at the pictures of him like in like 94 versus now, mm-hmm. he's literally had to have lost like I don't know, 90, 80 pounds, something like that. Crazy. Oh shoot. Yeah, Dang. he's way way skinnier. Um but I mean I I'm guessing he it seems like he's a lot healthier. Um Yeah. You know. Uh, he's probably, I mean, it's no, it's no more fun to eat with Bill anymore. Nope. No doubt. But definitely not. <laughs> you know, but nonetheless, he is turning 74. So happy birthday, Bill. Happy birthday, Bill. Yes. Enjoy and, it, buddy. Enjoy and, your vegan birthday cake. Yeah. Maybe break the rules just for that. I'm just, I, nah, I don't want, I don't want you to break do the it, rules, Break Bill. the rules. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Anyways. Anyways. Break your stint too. Jeez. We're... <laughs> We're going to take a break. We will be right back with our guest, none other than Dead Posey, right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show, because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today we are joined by a fantastic group, Danielle and Tony, better known as Dead Posey. Guys, how's it going? Great, how are you? Great, hi. (laughs) Doing doing good. So a little background for the listeners. You guys are out of California. Uh, You started Dead Posey around 2016. The first EP came out in 2018, Freak Show. And you guys just released the newest EP, Malfunction, which uh, was about two months ago there uh, in June. Uh, A plus, that's all correct. (laughs) Awesome. Good, good. Just wanted to catch the listeners up there. Uh, So first, let's let's start about the the pandemic. Uh, You guys actually, I noticed on your Instagram... You started sort of uh, in a scarier than than most because uh, Danielle uh, had emergency surgery. You guys, uh, you you had to remove an ovarian cyst. Uh, is everything yeah. okay now? Yeah, I'm running around, still perfectly fine now. But yeah, it was definitely not fun to have that the week that everything started shutting down because 
right away we were like, oh God, did we catch it when we were in the hospital? Yeah. So yeah. we're happy that we did not. And they got the little <laughs> out and I'm still in perfectly fine. Good. Good. That's good <laughs> yeah. to hear. Uh, well, right before that, you guys actually did probably, uh, I, I don't know how close it was to the last show, but you guys did the uh, Shiprock Cruise in February. We did. That was the first week of February. And already, you know, as we now know, things were things were starting. I think we with the, with the virus um, and, you know, as we were all getting on the boat, like us and, you know, 40 other bands, mm-hmm. they, they asked every single person, like, you know, have you been to China in the last uh, <laughs> two weeks, two yeah. to four weeks? And everyone's like, no. It's like, okay, great. Come on. That was the only um, like, yeah. police thing they were doing. <laughs> and then little did we know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if that cruise had been just a mere two or three weeks later, we might still be on it or something. Yeah. You know? yeah I mean, there was a few cruise ships that had to stay quarantined for like a month. At I sea think. for yeah. a month or two. Yeah. So we, we feel very grateful. And it was a great, uh, you know, great thing to call our last set of shows it's Mm -hmm. obviously a bummer that and i think all musicians are feeling this hard right now it's just such a bummer that there haven't been live any live entertainment in in months and it's uh you know definitely hard for bands uh that that love to play live like us yeah but ship rock was a good beginning and into touring for 2020 (laughs) yes it was a great tour on your boat that's all we did for this year we're gonna do it yeah. so now, we're on a boat now was that was that your was that your first experience doing the uh the cruise ship thing yes yes nice. yes it was hopefully not our last we had a great time um you know everyone was super cool there it's great how many opportunities there are like that for yeah you know rock bands different cruises that's obviously one of the one of the best classic ones so yeah uh, we, we, we hope to do yeah. do it again. And they got acclimated pretty quick, too, because at first it was kind of weird playing on a stage outside and you can see the boat moving around. <laughs> yeah. But you get used to it pretty quick. Yeah, we didn't hit too much, like, too no. much chop. It was pretty pretty smooth, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a trip for sure. And well, the only time we got sick was the last night, but that wasn't because of the boat. It was because of the Patron. So. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That didn't help. <laughs> it wasn't the boat. It wasn't the virus. Uh-huh. It was our own uh, Doing. tequila habits that night. So. <laughs> and people giving them to us, yes. which doesn't help at all. <laughs> yeah, it was not fun uh, getting off the boat, because I'm sure anyone that's been on cruises no, the day you leave, everyone gets off pretty early. Like you're pretty much got to be up and out of your room by mm-hmm. eight a.m. So if you've been uh, <laughs> living it up the night before, that ain't no fun. And uh-huh. we went through that. But I always, I've heard about those ships about how it, it's it's very community based. Like I've never been on you know one of the the rock cruises, but. I hear, you know, everybody gets to know everybody. Yeah, it definitely feels like summer camp a little bit, where <laughs> you definitely see the same people over and over when you're, like, getting food or yeah. walking on the decks. And, you, yeah, you definitely run into people, chit-chat for a second, move along. You know, it's definitely a community for a week. That's ba- so. bands and fans. I mean, it, yeah. it, it can kind of be whatever you want to be. You know, we're... <laughs> We're not the biggest, like, wild ones in the world. We were that last night. But you can kind of, you know, do your own thing, socialize. A lot of hanging out happens in sort of the the artist cafeteria. Get to meet a lot of bands there and hang out. And then you've seen a lot of the the customers and the cruise folks. And that's really cool, too. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and it's it, everyone's really really respectful and it's just it is a really great time and it does feel like you know you meet people that have been going for nine ten years straight it's a real annual thing for a lot of people so that really makes it welcoming for a newer band mm-hmm. like us well hopefully it, it comes back soon hopefully they don't have to to cancel any more of the uh or, or actually i guess cancel any of them since that was too that was 2020 yeah fingers crossed because i know a lot of the people have been going on that specific cruise for a few years yeah so i know it'd be unfortunate for anybody to have to a miss year. a year yeah i know it's it's set for I believe next next summer sometime, mm. um, but I, I don't know if the bands are all locked down or anything yet. So yeah, we're all waiting, waiting with bated breath. <laughs> <laughs> well, like like a lot of musical groups, you guys uh, in in the pandemic time, you you sort of filled it with other things, and you you did some live streaming. And I noticed you guys had a pretty big live stream. You did a, a performance and a question and answer session with uh, Spin. And it looked like it went yeah. pretty good. I wanted to ask how, how that went. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely weird to have a camera set up in your house and you're talking, <laughs> knowing you're talking to people and they you can't see anybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, so once you get past that, then you start seeing some people write in the comments mm-hmm. like, hey, and you realize, okay, I am talking to someone <laughs> and no one. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was good. I mean, the Q&A, we thought it was only going to be like, 15 minutes but it ended up being an hour and we're like okay we need to shut up so we can start playing there were a bunch of questions <laughs> we didn't, didn't even get to in time so uh so it was, it was fun it's it, i think it's important to do that i think we're thinking about possibly doing um more of like an instagram live chat where maybe we bring fans on one at a time where we can talk to them and actually like see their face, face, face kind yeah of thing. yeah um, so I think nice. we're thinking about doing that too sometime but yeah it's definitely important to do that Right now, when everyone's stuck wherever they're at, yeah, so, yeah, good. You know, we'd love to get out of the computer sooner than later, <laughs> but <laughs> well, it, it's better than nothing. <laughs> well, going along with that, I, n- I noticed you guys have done uh, something that I really liked. That you guys, I was cruising through the social media and, and through Instagram, and I noticed you guys have done a pretty fantastic job of answering questions you know in Mm -hmm. comments when when somebody asks you know hey when are you guys coming to cincinnati or when is new song coming out you guys almost always respond from what i can tell and i've heard that that when you were on the road back before the pandemic you guys were pretty accessible to the audience and and uh, were Mm -hmm. open to your fans when the pandemic hit did you make a conscious effort to really amp it up on Instagram and, and on social media, or have you always tried to be like that? I mean, I feel like we've always tried to be like that because I feel obviously without the fans, you aren't a band. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're only as strong as your one fan. <laughs> so to me, oh, got the mom. Yeah. <laughs> it, has to, it has to be beyond that. And I feel people want to feel connected to your music and you as a person. And so I feel like it is important as much as we can to interact with the fans. Cause I feel like that's really what it's all about. Yeah. DC's yeah. always, you know, since day one been very, you know, on top of staying connected with the fans. I, I do think we, in kind of recent months, we've really even doubled down on that maybe even yeah. more so like really, really just because again, when you're at a live show, you know, we can go to the merch table, meet people mm-hmm. there. You're kind of getting that happening there since none of that's happening. Mm-hmm. I think we're 
we're really making sure that, hey, everyone, it's okay. You can come yeah. you know, talk to us. We'll do our best to answer every question, you know, and, and like have actual kind of conversations with people. And if, cool. and if we've gotten any better at it, it's probably because of us being at home. Yeah. So we're able to see every last yeah. thing like pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, we are going to be diving into a, our full length album soon. So, yeah. Recording. you know, maybe there'll right. be one or two that slip by because that's just the way it is sometimes. But right. we definitely try to to reach out to anybody that writes us as much as we possibly can. Well, one thing on that I noticed on the Instagram uh, on on the Instagram post you recently it was about a month ago you had one about your tattoos and and like where you got your first tattoos. And I, I saw Danielle's mm-hmm. was in a garage for twenty dollars, which yeah. I was like, that's a that's a risky proposal right there. That's uh, oh, I know. I uh, when I was because I, I turned eighteen in February when I was a senior in high school. So I thought, oh, the day I turn eighteen, I am an adult. My parents can't tell me what to do anymore. But I still lived under their roof, and yeah. I don't know why I thought that was even reality. But I remember cause at the time I wanted to do. Um, acting and more like the modeling stuff. Yeah. And my parents were like, oh, you ruined your body. You can't do that now. <laughs> now I'm look back and I'm laughing. So I'm like, obviously it doesn't. Yeah. Like, I wish I ruined my body more. Rock <laughs> and roll. Yep. <laughs> the more the merrier. Well, I, I, I wanted to ask uh, on that question because me and uh, uh-huh. me and one of the former guests actually talked about this. Do you remember the uh, the songs that were playing when you were getting it? Was there any music going on when you got your tattoos? I I mean, for me, I don't remember, but I do know that's when I was listening to a lot of AFI and My mm. Chemical Romance, Taking mm. Back Sunday and like that kind of stuff. So mm. I'm assuming maybe something like that, <laughs> that was probably playing. on. Yeah, that was probably playing <laughs> in the background. Yeah. Nice. And for you, you know? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't remember what was playing. I mean, you're at a, the Sunset Strip. Tattoo I just got mine at Sunset Strip Tattoo. So maybe they're playing like Guns N' Roses or something. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> they only play Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses nice. in a loop. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I truly, I'm sorry, guys. I wish I had an answer for you, but I, I will not lie on the air. So I don't remember <laughs> what song was playing. It was, a lot, it was a while ago now. That was mine. <laughs> I remember mine was Social Distortion. That's why I... I yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And I, and I waited for... The thing was, was it was at... It was at Miami Inc. and I had to wait for I don't know how long and like they they must <laughs> yep. have had the whole catalog of Social Distortion because literally it was yep. like five hours of Social Distortion oh, insane, man. and I was just was like this like was this like when the TV show was happening? Was there like uh, cameras in there? It was show, well, right? it was. Yeah, it it was happening, but they weren't recording or anything when it was going on. Okay. But like that was the Got problem. It. Obviously, was that it had already become really popular. So yeah. yeah, and but since they were plummeting your ears with social D, you yeah. definitely remember it, that, it, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean it was it was it was great. The 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 downside is is like you can't one you can't schedule. They were always a pop in tattoo parlor, so okay. so oh. so you could never schedule, and you couldn't choose who did your tattoo. They just oh, wow. it was whoever yeah. was open. 
And so, I mean, it, luckily it turned out great, but I mean, you know, it was. That was my next question. Yeah. Uh, do you still, do you, do you regret it? <laughs> no, not at all. The funny part was Good. too, I, I had drawn it all and I was very excited about right. it. It basically, it's just, it's a skull with cross palm trees on it. And, uh, and, and, uh, I want it to be a pirate. What can I say? Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you need to go on ship rock. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I, I went over to the tattoo artist that was open when once he once he got open, and I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And he looked at it. He's like, I'm not going to draw the skull like that. And I was like, what? He's like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, I don't, I don't, I don't draw skulls like that. I'm not going to draw it like that. And I was like, oh. Okay, I guess that sounds good. It, it, you know, it turned out good. It looked good. But he brought, he brought his artisticness yeah, to it. Yeah, he brought his yeah. flair to it. At least uh -huh. he was straight up with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was, he wasn't having any nonsense, for sure. You know, we real quick, we actually saw Social Beat twice in like the last three years mm -hmm. here yeah, in we LA. Went to their, uh, what was it? Their, it was their 40th anniversary. Yeah. The Kills play. Yeah, it's like almost like a festival they threw but for them with their 40th anniversary. Yep. Just Last, I think about a year ago. Yeah, it was last September. Last September, uh -huh. it was like the Kills. Uh, who else was on there? Uh, I don't know. I just know Social being the Kills. Well, well, Joan Jett. Jet. Duh, duh. How could he forget yeah, that? And a couple of the great. Yeah. It, was, it was fun. We we, we love Social D. That was that was the weird. Th that was because I I was talking to Will Hogue when when we when we brought that up, and that was the the whole reason I brought it up was because he opened for Social D for like. Uh, a whole tour. I think it was in 2017, oh, awesome. 2018. And oh, okay. it's funny because his music is, you know, nowhere close to what Social right. Distortions is, but he just, you know, uh, they heard it might his, be the hang though. Is, is it probably because the hang's a good hang? Well, <laughs> on tour, it, it, well, it's, it's because it's because really he heard they he heard Will Hoag's music on XM radio and just called him up and was like, okay. "Hey man, I really like your music." You want to open that's for us? Awesome. And and yeah. Will Hogue was like, "That's how it works usually." Yeah, and he was like, "It doesn't uh, fit with yours, but okay, cool." And like, you know, I told him that that group of uh, punk fans it seems yeah. like the most non-accepting group, or would be just by appearance-wise. Right. And then they're the most accepting. They're like, "Whatever, mm -hmm. you got you guys like mm -hmm. us? Yeah, come on in. Sure, that sounds good." What? What kind of music does Will like do? Americana? It it's like song okay. songwriter sort of stuff, you know, uh, sort of right. laid right. back. Well, yeah. see, it's like a little, it's a little starter for Social D, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, little little, little warm. Yeah, they're like working their way up. <laughs> exactly. I can see. I can see. Mike Ness being into like a really good story, uh -huh. you know, like, oh, if, yeah. you know, Will Hope's telling his stories like that, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. And that's a lot of times how it works. Like for opening, you know, acts, support acts, getting on the bigger tours, it's so much has to do with, Oh, we, we like, you know, headliner, like the music. Let's go. We like, or yeah. we're friends with you. It's mm -hmm. cool. Let's do it. It's, it's, that's the cool thing about the music industry is that it, it really is a lot about like personal, connections and just artists digging other artists stuff and that that makes a lot of things go which is which is nice mm -hmm. for sure for sure well talking about <laughs> digging someone else's music let's uh, get back to you guys starting uh it was you guys met a good about nine years ago um but you didn't start making music right away and i heard the first thing that you right. did musically 
was Tony suggested recording uh, Nirvana, Come As You Are. Sweet. And, uh, yeah. and I heard, Danielle, you say in an interview that it, it made you step out of the singer's closet. And I was yeah. I was wondering what that what that meant. Like, how much singing had you done before that? And how did that change after you did that? So my singing before that was me singing in the car, singing mm. in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, it was that kind of thing. Recording little things on my little um, recording. What's the thing called? The little recording device just like the know, memo like, yeah a little digital yeah just like a little digital recorder mm -hmm. and just hearing my voice back uh so as far as that that's about as far as my singing went <laughs> because i didn't know that i could sing and even make it a career yeah so until i did it with tony where we went in the, to the studio and i heard myself in the ears yeah in the studio was when i had that kind of aha moment um, but before that, it was like I was writing notes in like a notebook. Um, I did have piano lessons for years, and um, I played in a uh, <laughs> in a band mm -hmm. class mm -hmm. where I was doing like the flute mm. <laughs> from like third to seventh grade, which is. But then when I got to seventh grade into eighth grade, I was like, oh, I don't think this is cool anymore. <laughs> so I might I should stop. Now looking back, I'm like, you know what? I should have just stayed in there. You never yeah. know. But um, with the piano lessons, I also remember so many times when I'd go, you'd sit outside the room before you would go in. Mm -hmm. And there would always be some kind of singer before I would go in and I'd hear them. And I'd always be like, God, oh, I wish I was singing instead. <laughs> but I just never thought to ask my parents to do that because mm -hmm. I didn't think I could. Um, so it just was behind the closed doors of just me a very intimate thing yeah. when i would sing so, so tony was the first person that i sang in front of seriously yeah now whereas i sing in fun for fun joking around with people but i never did it as like a serious thing and then he just brought me out of the closet where i felt like oh confidence is there i can do this yeah now, right away you know she just had a great natural tone and then it was just kind of like she was pretty much all in. I wish point. I discovered it earlier, man. But yeah. I mean, everybody's journey is different and yeah. you know, it's better late than never. And I think maybe because I had a different journey that maybe it helped me have more lyrics and stuff yeah. and more stories to be able to tell. So For it sure. all works out the way it does. Now, did you have an idea, Tony, that she could sing or was it just like, a, hey, let's do this. Oh, holy crap. She can sing. That, it was the second thing. <laughs> it was like, we, I think we were listening to the song on the radio. Yeah, because we were driving home after we went out. We were for just the hanging night. out, yeah. Uh -huh. And listen to the song as like, hey, why don't we, like, let's let's record this song. Because, I mean, we love Nirvana and everything. Yeah. And I had no idea what it was going to sound like, but I knew that Danielle had a, was, you know, had great taste in, like, yeah. music and, and style and aesthetic and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's like, go ahead. And then, yeah, right away, it's like, like this <laughs> this sounds really, really good. Wow, this is like... There's like this really real gravitas yeah. in uh, in, the, in how she's singing, and so yeah, we did that song, that kind of just threw it threw it down, and then D, you just started kind of like then you kind of started working with other, you started like another band. Yeah, well, I was like, just sort of Tony didn't want to be my you know like holding me like a baby. He's like, yeah. go out there, find other musicians, and do your thing. Because yeah. I think it could have been a hindrance a little bit if you did that. Yeah, so I feel 
that I did that. I took and ran with it. I started taking vocal lessons, so I made sure I wasn't singing improperly and messing up my vocal cords. Met, met a bunch of other musicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I gigs, met gigs. You know. I met um, one of my friends at a studio that he was working at and we just started because he did more beats and stuff so mm-hmm. <laughs> early on i was singing over beats but then very quickly after tony was seeing like oh you are taking this serious and you're doing your thing okay cool we can like write a little bit more stuff yeah. so when i did another band and i was playing around town yeah. uh just local shows at different places LA, LA music. viper LA room <laughs> yeah like all that stuff uh, like the millions of bands that do that here, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but then very quickly, about a year in, I was like, "This isn't this isn't cutting it. There needs to be more to this. The the songs need to be more than this, and yeah. the vibe needs to be more than this." And that's when I really like dug in for Dead Posey, and nice. then Tony and I were like thinking of names, and yeah. then once that happened we kind of dived in nice and here we are nice well fun fact i don't know if you guys knew this but in 2017 dave Chappelle and john mayer performed come as you are on stage together so i'm just saying maybe maybe next year they'll be the next dead posy i don't know Mm. just you never know (laughs) 2021 is full of mystery i'd buy that Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dave Chappelle is oddly known for all of a sudden just starting to sing '90s hits on stage because he also he, he loves doing radio uh, Radiohead creep. He will he will oh, bust nice. that out on a on a you know on on a dime. Just here we go, and people are like, all right, I guess. And he's Dave Chappelle. Go with. He him. Likes, <laughs> he probably likes he probably likes doing Radiohead creep more than Radiohead does at this point. Oh, definitely. They like never they like don't like playing that song. For sure. Well, it's a great song. You, I would play it. <laughs> well, you guys talked about starting to write, and the first song that you actually wrote in earnest was "Holy Grail," which is on the the first EP. Yeah. And uh, t- take the listeners through how writing that song happened, and then you know what was the aftermath once that song came together. What was the the idea after that? We sat down for like a a few days and actually wrote kind of a handful of songs mm-hmm. really, really rough. This was like early 2016, really rough, just kind of verses and, and little ideas and mm-hmm. stuff. And that was one of maybe like four or five, mm-hmm. um, that little that, seeds of ideas. Seeds, and that was mm-hmm. just the one that actually that and, and the song boogeyman mm-hmm. were songs that came out as singles in 2016. Um, 2016, mm-hmm. 2017. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we started recording those two kind of at the same time. And that's actually when the songs fleshed themselves out as well. Mm-hmm. And it was just sort of this, this process where, you know, we usually have, we'd start with an acoustic guitar and just kind of get some ideas out there. You know, we'd both be shouting out melodies. Dee had, like she said, like kind of a book of, you know, lyrics, poems, mm-hmm. thoughts quotes that we would kind of go in there mm-hmm. and and then pretty quickly we got it into the hey let's let's flesh this out because d had this very clear vision of like the type of tones and the type of sounds that mm-hmm. we you know kind of kind of gritty yeah, kind wanted, of swampy kind of thing yeah. but with like you know kind of a, a powerful kind of rock yeah thing, you know mm-hmm. and and that started to take shape once we were in the studio taking these really rough seeds of ideas 
and starting to lay down the the tracks of it. And it we just kind of followed our our muse with it, and it was really really refreshing. Where we kind of had this sort of set of rules of like we don't want to make this type of music, we don't want it to be too quote unquote like pretty and 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 epic or mm-hmm. atmospheric in that sort of way. We wanted it kind of too too rock straight ahead. Yeah, we wanted too. to have a little bit of a uh, character more to it mm-hmm. instead of the because I feel like you can do straight ahead rock in your sleep and I'm not dissing it at all but for us we really wanted to have it have different shades of rock instead of yeah. it just being like oh that, that's rock and roll and I, I we wanted to have that like Tony said more of that grit mixed with some of that rock and roll for sure angst. once we and Holy Grail was the first one we got done and it was like we really dug it the, the reaction seemed to be really good you know this is no no shows had been played no rehearsals it was all yeah. just writing and putting putting it down like that and we kind of just took it from there and that sort of defines the the first kind of round of our of our sound and mm-hmm. then we wrote you know more songs and then kind of whittled those down into what became the first dp the freak show ep so it was don't stop the devil yeah freak freak show, show. and god's gonna cut you down nice nice Johnny Cash. yeah yeah good jam with uh rick rubin there for sure um <laughs> now uh from from like you said it's it seemed like you guys starting it was a music experiment where where did I you mean, guys say like okay now it's time we gotta we gotta take this thing on the road i mean always in the back of our heads it was to play live because that is where our heart is like even yeah. not touring right now is killing us yeah it was just that tony was already in a band yeah. that he's been in for a long time and then i just gotten done with my other band where mm-hmm. i was not feeling it anymore yeah. and so we really wanted to hone in on what our sound was and our writing mm-hmm. before we just go play a bunch of shows because yeah. we obviously both have done that yeah um definitely always was oh this is a band but let's just focus on the music and come out of the cave once we get some music nice and our what our sound is and that's that's what it is it's just that we really wanted to focus on what our sound was what we were trying to say what our aesthetic is instead of just like let's just play a bunch of shows and see what happens because i mean yeah for sure just got done doing that and it wasn't working yeah right we're this time we we're like, here, let's try it this way and see what happens. Well, yeah, the live thing was always in in the cards. Mm-hmm. I think it was we, we just this time. We just took a long time to get yeah to that step. Yeah, yeah we wanted to really get the the vibe established first mm-hmm. before you know it's a whole process. We really wanted to make sure our feet were planted uh, for sure before we started. Uh-huh. For sure. Well, I I noticed you know it's it's interesting because I've heard you guys and obviously both of you are uh, very into the sound of the 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 music and very into the songwriting creation and i've heard Mm -hmm. you both say you're somewhat sort of perfectionist when it comes to the tiny things in the recording Mm -hmm. that you want it to sound just perfect but at the same time i've heard (laughs) danielle talk about loving the unpredictable nature of performance and the you know lead singers like jim morrison who's obviously one of the most unpredictable people of all time that's a fact uh (laughs) which there's a huge divide between those two things and i was sort of wondering is there is there a recording danielle and a and a performing danielle that you sort of have to 
keep separate? The simple answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, but also, when we are recording my vocals in the studio, I really do have to be in a, the right headspace. Yeah. Uh, to let not, the freedom. The to freedom let the free. Yeah. Come out. To yeah. let the kind of wild unpredictableness come out. Otherwise, yeah. I feel like it'd be, be like, oh, she's singing perfect, but there's no character and yeah. gravitas. So it's yeah. like I was really trying in the studio to kind of bring that live singing element especially in our new ep um specifically for sure um but yeah when we're playing live obviously we want to sound good and you know but sometimes you just kind of have to just go the wall and see what happens and just let that energy flow and You're wild because sure. I feel like if you're just trying to be too perfect, then you start just standing there, just trying to sing perfect. And I mean, yeah, carry carry a <laughs> tune. I agree, you shouldn't be out of pitch the whole time. But it's like you know what? If you freaking sing out of pitch for a second, who gives a? Yeah, it's like it's rock and roll. Like it's about the energy and the vibe, and I feel like it's so important. For you sure. Know? So yeah, sure. definitely live is a little different than in the studio. Well, so. I think that's just generally one of the good things about being in a band is like in the studio, it's a little more of kind of a, you know, it can be a puzzle. It's a little more of an intellectual process where mm-hmm. you're trying to capture these moments uh-huh. of like it's passion and inspiration, reckless recklessness. And then you kind of, kind of fashion it together right. um, yeah. and, and to make something kind of greater than the sum of its parts. And then the live thing is like, you take that and, and sort of un not unravel it, but, let it just exist and let all the, right. the 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 bits of chance and kind of you know happy accidents mm-hmm. happen. I mean, the, touring in general is just every day. Even if everything's planned out to the to the something's team, gonna go something's wrong. going wrong. You have to improvise something. You have to change something. I mean, and, the only thing constricting me is I wear in ears because I think if I didn't do that and I pop one out, usually a little bit. If I didn't do that, I think I'd be too crazy. Yeah. And so sometimes it's like, it helps me stay centered enough where I'm like, okay, I'm still putting on a good show singing wise, yeah. but I can still be crazy by popping the ear out a little bit. For Whereas sure. I feel like if I didn't have that to a certain degree, maybe I'd be a little too wild and people are like, whoa, what's <laughs> happening here? Uh, obviously along with that, as far as the performance, uh, Tony, you, you played multiple instruments uh, you you recorded yeah. multiple instruments on on all the out al- are the eps uh but mm-hmm. you spent years and years behind the kit in eve six uh does yeah. it feel yeah, weird correct. walking on stage playing guitar definitely doesn't feel weird uh i mean you know there's a little bit of kind of that happy exhilaration of something kind of new i, I yeah. had played guitar uh in a side project uh at, at a handful of shows yeah you know like 10 years ago. So it was not been my first time live on guitar and I've always played guitar and kind of bass all through my, you know, teen years as Mm -hmm. well as the drums. And even when you guys did acoustic stuff, you played guitar. Yeah. With Eve six, I'd play acoustic stuff all the time and radio stations and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but definitely like fully going, you know, like I think the big one for me was, you know, louder than life, uh, and aftershock, which are the big festivals yeah. uh, mm-hmm. we did last year. And it was like, wow, you know, this is really, <laughs> this is really exciting getting up. You're here. not in Kansas anymore. Not in Kansas. <laughs> no, no, no offense to Kansas. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it's, it's definitely different. And I think that's, what's so exciting about it for me. Cause for sure. you know, the drums, like 
Drumming's very, very important, especially live. It's like one of the most important elements of the live band because oh, yeah. it really sets the, mm-hmm. the groove and the tone and the power for the entire band. But you are, you're further back on the stage. You got your, your kid around you. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. way different um, playing any other instrument. So um, yeah, I think it was just, just super fun. And like, cool. I, I, I love doing it. I, I didn't know how much I'd love it, you know, <laughs> like really doing it. And, and, and I do. So nice. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah. well on the, on the perfectionist side, on the, on the producing side, You've you've had a good amount of experience engineering and producing, and for those listeners that don't know, your dad has a ridiculous amount of experience uh, producing and engineering. I mean, Rolling Stones and Elton John and Bob Seger and Bob Dylan and Willie Nelson and Blue yeah. Note Records and Brian Wilson and on and on and on and on. I was wondering, <laughs> how much have you learned from him and how much of the producing side was you experimenting yourself? I think uh, just having, I mean, you know, my dad's just an, an awesome guy. And, mm-hmm. you know, he really sets the right tone on how to kind of, you know, just how to live life, how to, how to, how to work and work ethic and, mm-hmm. you know, people skills and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's the most that I've taken from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of... And just being around the music and being inspired by incredible artists he's worked with and hearing the stuff he'd done, you know, even just kind of growing up and stuff was just a real kick in the pants for me to like, I want to kind of do my own thing, my own kind of style of music, but taking all the sort of overall advice and lessons I'd picked up from him along the way. So for me, I mean, my, my, in terms of the actual skills, I really got it from just in, in high school, away. tooling around, yeah. tooling away with a four-track tape recorder in, initially, mm-hmm. and then you know transitioning that as I played all the instruments and stuff, and then yeah. transitioning that to you know Pro Tools and and the the modern world of recording. Um, nice. So it just all works in a nice soup. But I, I'm sure I I would have a totally different experience if if I didn't have him kind of as mm-hmm. as sort of a mentor, uh, life coach kind of figure for sure along the way. For sure. And then you've taught me. Tony's been a good teacher for me now, too, which nice. is great. Nice. Yeah. Well, uh, one thing uh, back to the drums real quick. On the new EP, you guys switched. Like you said, you had that boogie, swampy, blues rock. And it was it was very there in the first uh, EP. And it's still there in the second EP. But you added sure. these electronic elements to it. But uh, surprisingly and sort of contradictory to that i heard you went back to the actual drum set and you recorded actual live drums on this one so what what made you decide to go with those live drums on this new ep well i think for both of us the the electronic touches you know we we try to keep it woven in and not yeah. too mm-hmm. brazenly apparent but i think you know we we're just taking in some of those other influences that we had and like that's sort of a challenge like how can we keep that that dead posy kind of vibe but but bring some of these new flavors in and just as we were starting to do that it was almost like oddly enough like you said that the songs felt like they wanted a little more of a a a drum set feel Mm. in in a few of the songs yeah those are kind of in the first cp but they're kind of more they're they're more kind of woven in with kind of claps and things like that so 
With this one, they're just a little more apparent. And, and maybe it was also from now that we'd really been playing stuff live a lot more. Yeah. Um, and playing some of these songs live as well. It's like we, we knew what they sounded like with, you know, with some drums on. Yeah, the I feel like that, that, that helped us when we played these songs live before finishing recording. It really helped us yeah. think of like, oh, let's tweak that. Let's tweak this. Yeah. Oh, that kick doesn't sound that great. Let's try it more like this. And it really was a trial and error until we got it just right. Because we definitely got some inspiration from like Nine Inch Nails and Manson and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. For sure, and the drum, the live, the drum set kind of came from that. Mm-hmm. So they actually were put on, sort of in the middle of the process. Usually, like the traditional thing is, yeah. you're getting the drums sort of first, but uh-huh. we've gotten like kind of sort of fake versions of them, and then it's like let's like kind of record them for mm-hmm. real, try to get a little of the the live feel in there, but then kind of we like to make it. our drums not sound like an actual drum set. We like to make it sound a little more. <laughs> jacked up yeah for sure all for, that fun stuff for sure well so now the ep on um is is obviously out it's been out for two months and i noticed on apple parasite is the most popular song and i noticed on spotify it's head of the snake and and wondering since starting dead posy has it surprised you what songs people have gravitated towards well for this ep specifically we had a feeling Parasite would be probably one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. I We think that the head of the snake, the reason it looks like that is because the whole playlist Spotify game, it's like as soon as you get on a playlist, those numbers kind of yeah. get skewed a little bit. So that, I that think song was added to head of the snake was added to a playlist for a second. So I think that's what made the numbers skewed where it'd be interesting if maybe if none of them did, which yeah. we don't want that. <laughs> but if it did, I'm assuming Parasite might have been the number one. So I think Apple... But then again, Apple got on, on Apple. Parasite got on a playlist mm. too. Apple so we fans seem to like the Holy P, but the sort of the, if they had to pick a favorite when it first came out, it was Parasite. It was that Parasite. Was the yeah, because mm. we did a little uh, Q and A. Yeah. Of asking people what like they preferred, and everyone said Parasite. Mostly. Yeah. Got but it. People like them all. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite's Bad Thing. Mm. <laughs> My favorite's Holy Roller. But uh, oh, thank you. I think that's my favorite yeah. <laughs> right now. I, I, yeah, it's it's hard when you create the music. You're like, I like them all. What, what can I say? I think they're all great. Yeah. Speaking of the fans, I I saw this one thing uh, that Tony said. Uh, I I was really uh, interested by. It was is sort of mind blowing as far as. You guys have a pretty big group of listeners in Mexico and a pretty big group in England and a pretty gr- big group in Prague. Uh-huh. And Tony said you guys already had a larger international following, really, than Eve Six ever did when he was playing with them. And right. like that was yeah. that was crazy to me. Did did that surprise you guys, or did you sort of expect that with the way music has shifted? Let me clarify that. Like, I, what I meant was that the type of live shows that Dead Posey is getting, like, yeah. download festivals. We were booked on for this year. Of course, that got canceled. And The Great Escape. And we're, we're booked on it for next year. And, yeah. right, and then The Great Escape. And we're just theory. And then, yeah, we toured mm-hmm. with Theory of a Dead Man um, yeah. in UK in November, and it was great. That, that was more, like, international stuff in terms of touring than Eve Six ever really got. So, yeah. Now, you know, I think as far as the actual numbers of people listening, I, that, I, that I'm not sure of, but it is amazing in the, in the new era being able to have your music just 
played in so many different countries. Yeah. Well, an artist, you know, as artists, you can see your own analytics now, which yeah. you weren't right. even able to before. So, For sure. Yeah, it would like come to you as like a report from like management, once, <laughs> maybe, you know what I mean? Now you can just go on your artist yeah. page and see everything. That's yeah. one of the biggest differences, I think, from mm-hmm. music from 10, 15 years ago to now is like the artists really having a lot of access and kind of way to shape their kind of career and what they put out there, how they engage with fans. And that, mm-hmm. that really is amazing. For sure. For sure. It's, it still amazes me when I look at the analytics of our, of our podcast and I just see, you know, these random cities and countries and, you know, all of a sudden I'm like Indonesia, we had that many listens from Indonesia yeah. last right. week. Why? Who's <laughs> listening to us in Indonesia? Like, it's just, right. it's very, it's, it's surprising, obviously with music, since it's a universal language, so much easier when they're listening to our podcast, yeah. it's like, oh, we got to speak English. This turd, we can barely understand him. This is, this is a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys, like you mentioned at the very beginning, you, you're working towards a full album. Uh, how mm-hmm. how much have you got done uh, during the pandemic? And uh, will the the new album be all new material? Or are you going to pull some from the EPs? Uh, so um, when the pandemic started, we were finishing Malfunction. Mm-hmm. And so that was the beginning of the pandemic was that and then pushing that, the release, the, the release of it. Uh, so what we've been doing now is kind of like doing our own solo music time where we just do our own seeds of ideas and Mm -hmm. things and then we're actually starting next week we're gonna start diving into show and tell to each other (laughs) to be like hey what do you think about this what do you think about that and then kind of dive in that way um and then as far as the new songs there's going to be all new songs it's not going to be any of the songs from the ep so it'll be all new songs so we're looking forward to it yeah and we're still kind of in the process of promoting you know malfunction for sure we got a video uh, a video for Head of the Snake that is being finalized right now. Animated. An video. animated video that's uh, actually going to be really neat. Um, nice. We have a new, a new edit of it to look at immediately after this. Uh, <laughs> this, this talk. And um, we've got that and we're kind of do, we're probably going to do some acoustic versions of some of the songs mm-hmm. and we're going to do some live acoustic covers. So we've got a lot of that stuff in the works as well. So it's going to be a fun balancing act doing that while mm-hmm. also really getting into the core writing and recording. Yeah, we, we definitely lot. have our work cut out for us for the rest of the year. But that's so. what we got to do. There's no touring, so yeah. let's, yeah. let's do We're it. taking advantage of it. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, acoustic set. Something about maybe, I, I guess, growing up in the 90s with... Uh, with uh, MTV, MTV, yeah, exactly. It's just that gets me, man. The the Stone Temple Pilots unplugged, the Nirvana unplugged, the Alice in Chains unplugged. Ah, oh, ah, oh, so good. When I hear, Classics. yeah, because it gets right to the meat and potatoes of the song. It's just the you know vocal and the notes and melody. Yeah, right. it gets none of the electric, like the electric electronics of it is awesome, obviously. But it's sometimes nice to have more of that chill. Well, thing going on and with some with some bands uh, it, you you pick up the 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 small the really small pretty things that they have in the actual song mm-hmm. that you that were covered up by you know by some of those other things like with alice and chains i always notice their harmonies so much better in oh, that uh-huh. and you're just like right. wow 
You're like, man, yeah. somebody should have told me Jerry Cantrell can sing that good. I thought it was oh, all great. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know. <laughs> yeah, it, it allows more of that to be kind of at the forefront. Uh-huh. So for sure, I think what we're going to do is since we kind of did the live stream set, that was only five songs, yeah. but we're probably going to do like maybe one song a week for a month or something like that. It might not be a full set. It'll be more like a series nice. to kind of just keep people coming back. But like who acoustic knows? covers. Yeah, yeah. the covers. Mm-hmm. Thing. So we're kind of playing around with a few different things. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I'm sure yeah. everybody can look forward to that for sure. Listeners, you can check yeah. out all things Dead Posey at their website, deadposey.com, or you can follow them on Instagram at deadposey. Guys, I want to thank you for taking yeah. the time to come on and talk to us. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. <laughs> it, was, it was a real pleasure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right now, let's take a listen to my favorite, and apparently Tony's favorite right now, a uh, holy roller <laughs> off the new EP Malfunction right here on the Doc G show.
here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Dead Posey. Holy roller. Woo! Boom. Woo! Gosh, Dead Posey. So nice. So nice, Danielle and Tony. Nice nice folks there. I enjoyed that immensely. Definitely. Immensely. You know, one of the things I forgot, though, I forgot to ask him about food. Girl, come on! I can't believe it. Uh, rookie move. I know. I know, and I don't really have. They're 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 in L.A. I don't really have many options in L.A. I I can't think of too many that we've done in L.A. We've had some around that area, but not directly L.A. I really miss. I miss not in and out. I miss I miss the boat there. I miss the boat. I should I should have asked him. It's all right. We did get to talk about some pretty fantastic things. I'm glad to hear that Danielle is doing better after that surgery. That sounds scary. Yes. Sounds scary. And then, you know, too, right before right before the pandemic hit, oh, Jesus. Jeez. Me as a hypochondriac, as soon as we left that hospital, I'll be like, we got it. I know we do. I, just, I, I got it right now. I can feel it. Like, just Ew. horrible. Good thing she's better. Good thing she's better. Guys, keep a check Thank out goodness. for their new music. It's coming. It's going to be good. And... If you haven't listened to the rest of it, there's more songs like the ones you heard on the show today, just like Holy Roller, just like Parasite, some jams. Check it out, Malfunction, everywhere you can stream music and download music. Okay, David Syme, hit me with the newest segment. What do we got? Hmm. Shoe and tell, baby. Shoe and tell, part 11. Yes. Mm. Yes. Now, what do I got today? We got, 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 got an interesting one today. I got an interesting one today. The Jordan Twos. Say what? Oh, love the Twos. The Jordan Twos. Oh, you're a, you're an interesting fellow there, Dave. You're they're, an, they're they're very underrated. A lot of people will say they're overrated, but I like your thought, man. I like your thought. Well, same thing. Yeah, people don't, they're not like, people aren't really high on the twos. Nope. Now, well, yes, yes. Now, I've got the original color scheme here, Dave. I've got the white, red, blacks. The main, the mm-hmm. white's the main color. We got the accessory yep. black with the red, uh, with the red X accents. Love it. Now, Love it. Dave, I consider the Jordan 2s a little bit like Mario 2 on Nintendo. It doesn't really fit mm-hmm. the scheme of the rest of the series, you know. Uh, okay, yeah, they they definitely have their own. Um, yeah, they're a little different. That's that's for sure. Yeah, now I'll explain why they're a little bit different to the listeners. They came out. Uh, they came out eighty six, eighty seven. Originally designed mm-hmm. by Bruce Kilgore. Now, for okay. shoe aficionados, they probably heard that name before because that's the guy. That designed the Air Force Ones. Say what? So, oh. so they got Bruce Kilgore in there with Pete, Pete from the first from from the uh, the ones, and they worked mm-hmm. together. But uh, Pete, Bruce Kilgore was the uh, lead designer. Right now, the idea with this shoe was that they would be luxury. Everything about yeah. this was luxury. They wanted to be as luxury as possible. So they had this really cushy air sole on them. They had this mm-hmm. this inside leather here on the on the side that was faux mm-hmm. iguana skin. Word. That's what. Whoa. Yeah, that's what that's what the uh, look was supposed to be. And they Never were actually that. literally made in Italy. These were the first really? and only shoes that were made in Italy. Yeah. Dang. And because of that, when they came out in the 80s, 
They cost a hundred dollars. Jeez, a hundred dollars, which you know was was ridiculous. Crazy for a shoe. Then I. That's bet. also why they didn't sell sell nearly as well as the first ones because of that huge right. jump in price. Um, right. But this was the first Jordan shoe also to come out in a low top version. And yes, you can check some of the game footage out. Jordan played in low tops back in the day, way back in the day. I saw, yeah, which is Kobe so true. Which is really insane too, because that was right after he broke his foot. You'd be like, "What? Playing rocking low tops after you broke your foot? Nuts!" And this yeah. was the first Jordan not to have a Nike swoosh on him. It does right. on the back have Nike air. written. No, not Air, just Nike. Yeah. It's in this weird font too, because I think it's just that whole classy deal they were oh, trying. It's like a block font. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. On, the, on the top of the heel. Yeah, a little peculiar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, for ten years, from '94 to 2004, Jordan Company couldn't find the original molds for the shoe. Wait, what? So they wow. they couldn't release any retros for that whole time period for the, those oh, ten years. I didn't years. know that. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. They resurfaced, though, and uh, the pair that I have, the pair that I'm rocking today, this is a, a re-released uh, 2014. Mm-hmm. And this was yep. a this was a pure uh, retro release. Literally everything to the mark of the originals. Sweet. So, mm. yeah, pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Uh, and uh, if you're looking for highlights in this shoe, a little bit tough. Uh, because the first year that they were released was the year that he broke his foot. So in that season, he only had 18 games in the twos. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. few in that first in that first year, man. But now that you know, listeners, one of Day's favorite Jordans, the Jordan twos. There yeah, we go. Sneaky favorite. It makes the underdog list. There we go. Now, uh, Dave, you probably didn't see the Instagram post, but. On the tens, part ten, I did uh, I did a non-Jordan shoe. Did a non-Jordan oh, shoe. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that yet. Yeah, I did the Nike more air up tempos. Yeah. Oh, is that the Scotty Pimpin? Yes, shoe? exactly, exactly. Very nice. I thought, you know Very what? Nice. It's the tenth, a little bit of an anniversary, so let's curve it out of Jordans on the tenth. Why not? So I did. There so there you go. So we went with his partner in crime, Scotty Pippen. Keep it fresh. There we go. There we go. Okay. Okay. It's time for the last birthday suit. Now, All right, let's go. Now this one, I know you know who it is, but the name might escape you. The name okay. might escape you. I know you know the person, and you'll be able to image him really easy in your head. I just don't know if you know the name. Okay. Okay. So I gave I gave you seventy two percent. Born on August nineteenth, nineteen sixty three, in Cyprus, California. Our birthday suit wearer's father was a second generation Greek immigrant restaurant owner. Although uh, all through school he wanted to become an actor, he ended mm-hmm. up going to Cyprus College for one semester in nineteen eighty one, but quit. To pursue that acting career. Just three weeks after dropping out, he got a big-time role on General Hospital. Man. Wow. Talk about about some some good work, man. Yeah, like that's... Ah, man, if only everybody could have that situation. You know what? I want to be an actor. Boom, I'm an actor. That's nice. 
That was, God, I had to slave away for those three weeks trying to be an actor. It was tough. Uh, In 1986, he landed the role that he is still most known for. Uncle Jesse on Full House. John Stamos. Okay, he knew the name. No questions. There it is. Boom. John Stamos. And I got to be honest, uh, sadly, I don't have too much to go on after Full House. Oh, come on. No offense to John. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little sk- uh He did in 2009. That's all that needs to be said. He did in 2009 get his Hollywood Walk of Fame star. There you go. Uh, in 2012, well he was featured in Oikos Greek yogurt commercials. There we go. That's right. Uh, and then wow. it was in, announced in 2016 he would be in the reboot of Full House titled Fuller House. There you go. Fuller House. And also, fun fact, Dave, I haven't been there, but my brother's been there. If you go to Graceland, the home of Elvis mm-hmm. in Memphis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. your tour will be narrated by John Stamos. Oh, that's, that's right. Yeah. He's such a big Elvis fan. That he lent his, it's a, it's a virtual tour, so you go around with like these iPads, and like any mm-hmm. anywhere you point, you can like click on the little icons, and then John Stamos and will tell you about it. That's funny. Yeah, there you go. John Stamos turning uh, 57. 57. Looking, Still stud. I was about to say, looking mad good. So true. Mad good. I'll say, and this was a big stretch for me back in the day, in my younger days, as a youth yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, with shorter hair, people would say I mm-hmm. looked like uh, Uncle Jesse. Nope. Oh. Uh, yeah, exactly. I said That's it. a compliment. Yeah, it's a huge compliment because there's no way I'm that good looking. No way. But it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I've got a uh, I got a big old beard. I've got old I've got I got I've got that horrible condition known as old person face. Yeah. You look older than Jesse. Now. Exactly. Exactly. He's 57, I'm 35. He looks younger than me. Oh, it's all boy. right, John. You look good and we like it. Happy birthday, man. 57. Happy birthday, sir. Live it up. Okay, Dave, we have got some fantastic shows coming up. We got two guests that I'm very excited about. Um, first off, next week, we've got a big time, or well, this Sunday, not next week. Well, I guess next week, the start of next week, Sunday. Um, yeah, Sunday's the first day. We've got uh, we've got Zade Wolf. Say what? Zade Wolf. Yeah, this guy, man, this guy is a baller. He is a baller. Now, Zade Wolf is his uh, his actual, uh, I guess you would say, performance name. His real name is mm-hmm. Dustin Burnett. He's better known yeah. as Zade Wolf. This guy's doing million monthly listens on Spotify. This Dang, guy's mi- go, buddy. Yeah, and he's got some songs, man. You'll hear some of his songs. If you go through, I guarantee, listeners, you go through his songs, if you watch sports, you'll be like, I've heard that song before. I'm pretty sure I've heard that song before because it's mm-hmm. literally his songs have been used in the NFL. They've been used in the major league. They've been used in National Hockey mm. Association. They've been used in the NBA. They're I mean, grinding. yeah, yeah. He's all over the place. He's all over the place. Fantastic musician. And he's got this really cool thing too. He's the co-owner of this company called That Sound. Mm. And uh, basically it's a company that you can buy uh buy beats from 
So like if you oh okay that's pretty cool yeah, yeah if you want to like make your own rap or make, start your own song yeah and well yeah. like you know and especially for producers that want like a particular sound they work yeah. to get that particular sound and like they either do the live recordings or you know through the different sample machines and everything like that so very cool he he co-owns it with Paul Mayberry yeah, pretty smart yeah yeah it's crazy man I am very very excited about having him on the show, show and then we've also got the cold stairs coming out after that cold stairs have been killing it mm. you probably heard their music on hbo or tnt they've been all over the place too man and we've got them right here on the doc g show i'm so excited very nice yeah great shows great shows but for now we gotta wrap it up so that's right i've been your host doc g with me as always that man who's our uniform is hanging in the rafters of Longhorn Steakhouse. Dave Burles, Berlin. Next time you guys go to Longhorn, Parm Crust, everything. Mm. You're welcome. You mm. heard it here. I, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not gonna argue with that. Nope. I'm not gonna argue with it. Nope. That's just. That's just good advice, Dave. Yes. That's a pro tip. Yeah. Pro tip. Amen. From the Hall of Fame rafters. Amen. Amen. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah. <laughs>